So, I have speaking on having have we have been brought to God, and our verses of scripture where we pick up our 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 text from is in First Peter chapter three verse eighteen, and we'll also look at Ephesians chapter two and verse thirteen. Um, and the Bible says, "For Christ once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God." Oh wow! And I need, if you are, if you have your Bible, just underline those words that he may bring us, or he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh. That's me and you, but quickened by the Spirit. Oh, and that word quickened is the. Uh, Old English for made alive by the Spirit. So we have been made alive by the Spirit. And then in Ephesians 2.13, the Bible says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. May God bless the reading of his word. Amen. Amen. Some few thoughts. The first thought I find from the first uh, verse of scripture, 1 Peter chapter 3, is that Christ suffered once for all sin. And the amazing understanding from that uh, verse of scripture is that uh, whatever sin I have committed, I don't need to pay for it again when I'm in Christ. The gospel has been preached in many different forms and ways. And in some circles, we have been taught the suffering gospel. You have to suffer in order for Christ. So we are always, and, and I mean, fine, the Bible tells us to carry our cross and follow him, which is okay, and I, we can speak about that from another sense. Hallelujah. But, but the, the, the understanding for me is that when Christ suffered on the cross, and the suffering included the shame he went through. And if you remember, the Bible tells us that he was stripped. And listen, don't look at those Jesus films where there's a piece of cloth around him. He was stripped naked. Alright? He was whipped for me and you. And that's where the Bible tells us that by his stripes, we were what? Healed. Healed. Because that as, as a him, and the, the, each wound represents a condition that we might fall under. Yeah. And so there's nothing too difficult for God. Amen. In terms of healing, he has taken care of everything. Amen. So when the Bible says he suffered once, that means he took care of the things that matter. The things that would, would, uh, would, we would go through. Amen. It's already taken care of. That's why on the cross, the same cross... Jesus speaks and says, it is finished. Amen. And he meant any suffering that me and you might then go into, we, it is done. So all sin has been paid for, has been paid for, and all we need to do is find our place in Christ by our salvation. <laughs> salvation is an amazing thing. The Bible calls it a mystery because many don't understand it. It's too, it's too simple sometimes for the sophisticated. And God made it deliberately simple 
so that any old person can attain it. Amen. Second thought is God had to take his only and his best to redeem men from their sin. All right, men and women from their sin. The just for the unjust. When he speaks about the just for the unjust, the Bible tells us that Jesus had no sin. The Bible says he, who, he took him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that we may be made the righteousness of God. So Jesus comes in without sin, but he takes on sin. And uh, 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 when he is in the garden of Gethsemane, and he says, I cannot take this cup. If it be your will, take it away from me. He's actually speaking about the sin that me and you would commit. Because for him, he took, you think about it, murder, rape, lies, hallelujah. You know, sometimes there is, uh, in this life, we consider some sin less than others. Yeah. You know, we, we say, don't know I'm better than him. You know, and then somebody once asked a question and said, listen, in an exam, if the pass mark is 50%, and one gets 49% and the other gets 1%, who has failed the first pass? The both failed. <laughs> so whether your sin is better than the other person's sin, it's still sin. Yeah. And what is sin? Sin is falling short of the glory of God. Period. Don't go into these descriptive terms. No, I don't drink. I don't uh, fornicate. I don't this. That's descriptive. That's just segments of sin. The understanding is falling short of the glory of God. Missing the mark. When we miss the mark, God's mark, not my mark, God's mark, we have sinned. Amen. Amen. And then the act of suffering on the cross brings us to God. So when he suffered on the cross, one of the reasons why he went to the cross was so that one day he could present me and you to God as his own. I don't belong to myself. As much as I want to be my own man, I have come to know that I belong to Jesus. Amen. 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 You know, I, I, I always say I, I, I would have loved it to be I'd have loved to, to run a few things around my life. I'd have loved to push a few businesses. I'd have loved to have a career that takes me all over the place. I'd have loved to uh, go to the United States and settle there and just phone back once in a while and say, are you still suffering? <laughs> but, but, but the call of God on my life forbade us. And, and thank God we didn't communicate, we didn't understand this, but my wife, whenever we have spoken, it's, we almost witness to the fact that we are not called to anywhere else except this country. Maybe one day God will be gracious. Maybe, maybe one day God will just say, Moss, you've done your time. Hallelujah. Amen. And I'm just, uh, you know, talking about, I come from Zimbabwe. Hallelujah. On all these podiums, you know. But we are his own. We, we belong to Jesus. We belong to God. None of us, none of us. I, I don't care how much you feel entitled to yourself. You don't belong to yourself. As long as you've been brought, brought by the blood of Jesus Christ, you are Christ. And by, through Christ, we have been brought to God. Amen. And then, uh, then there's two thoughts that I can be put together, but 
being put to death in the flesh. And in the flesh, being put to death in the flesh speaks about uh, allowing all fleshly deeds to die. And we have, we have all kinds of things. Uh, I, I, uh, when I, as I was growing up, I, I, I had a short fuse, short temper kind. And uh, once in a while it wants to resurface. So if you rub me the wrong way, sometimes I, I, I say, let's not talk about it, let's do something about it. <laughs> what kind of thing? We don't need to talk about it, let's do something about it. But, but somewhere along the way, that thing had to die, it has to die, you know, and, and that is the things that, that the flesh, flesh things that, you know yourself, so I'm not going to try and describe what you go through. You know the things that must die, and the Bible says being put to death in the flesh, hallelujah, but again being made alive by the Spirit. Meaning somewhere along the way, there is a spiritual side to you, there is a side to you that characterizes God and His kingdom. There's a side to you that is oozing with compassion and with love for men, love for sinners, love for the lost. There's a side to you. And I love that, that, that testimony on prayer and how, and this is the beauty of the Christian life, that some of the things we pray for, God allows us to forget that we prayed for them. Anytime you remember what you pray for, what you have given in church, or what you have done for the kingdom of God, guess what? That seed has not died. It may never bear fruit. Amen. The Bible says, unless a corn of seed falls to the ground and dies. Amen. Amen. And one day, you then realize, oh, the prayer is actually working. Because somebody cannot intrude the way they were supposed to intrude. How we have minimized who we are in Christ and what God can do through our lives. How we have taken for granted the things that God has actually put in our custody to help transform the nature of things. We all live in a Zimbabwe that is difficult. But somewhere along the way, I also say we are the reason why Zimbabwe is difficult because we have not gone to the master who made he said, Master, they have started again. <laughs> they are doing it again. Look, look at them. Lord, take care. I, 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 I'm one person who believes that God can touch anyone. All right. Let's keep going. The essence of Christ's suffering on the cross was so that we may be brought back into right relationship with God. So that's the essence of God, of Christ suffering on the cross, so that we could be brought back into right relationship with God. And we need to look at this in the, in the context of creation. In, in the book of Genesis chapter 1, when Adam is created, the Bible tells us that uh, God would come in the quiet of the day and fellowship with him, spend time with him, until the time Adam fell into sin. And when, when, when God came to the same spot, same place, same time, He says, Adam, where are you? And that's where we lost it. Amen. 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 But God, through Christ, wants to restore that same relationship. Meaning that somewhere along the way, whether it's the cool of the day, meaning the morning, or the cool of the day, meaning the, during the afternoon or sometime, God still wants to commune with me and you. 
Yeah. You still want to have something to do with our lives. It still it requires fellowship with men. Is that right? And so, uh, when we are brought back into right relationship with God, and we, we are being brought back to exactly where we were at creation. That's what it means. Our relationship with God is spiritual. Uh, and I need to rush through some things. I know you guys, I know some people, I can already see, some people are ready to go and watch cricket. So I, I need to honor that. I, my, my daughters told me, they told me before we left home, Dad, we, we have a match. And so on our way into town, we passed through Queens and said, Daddy, can you see the match is about to start? So please make sure. So I, 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 I'm away, I'm away. I promised my wife to take her to cricket this afternoon, so we'll go much later. So that when she says, so what's happening now? I say, it's, it's, it's less time of me explaining cricket games. <laughs> I love her. Amen. So our relationship with God is spiritual. That's we he puts to death the flesh. That's why he puts the flesh to, to death. And, and then we are made alive in the spirit. So that God, and, and, and John chapter 4 says this. It says, God is spirit. And they that must... Worshiping, and that word worship is also fellowship. Those that must intercourse with Him, you know, must do it in spirit and in truth. Amen. And and the truth there is the truth of the Word of God. All right. When we are reading our Bibles, we are actually having time with God at His place, Amen. where He understands the most, and where He can do for us beyond we can understand. So we are spirit beings who happen to live in a body and possess a soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotion. Amen. Um, let me skip this and probably say, um, let me see. So no service in the kingdom of God is more honorable than the other. Uh, and so this relationship is fed through spiritual nourishment, which helps us to be more conscious of God and his presence in our lives. It also helps us to look out more for the welfare of others than that of our own kingdom service. When we, are, when we belong to God, there are things that begin to happen around us that take away selfishness and all other uh, uh, feelings. Is that, is that okay? So in this service, sometimes we are called to serve at our... Conf uh, we are not called to serve at our convenience, rather, but God always calls us to go the extra mile. And let me tell you, service in the kingdom of God, none is more honorable than the other. Yeah. Just because I stand in front of people and speak God's word, doesn't mean I'm better than the other. Actually, the Bible says, if you want to be the greatest in the kingdom, become the least. And so if I had come early enough and people were sweeping this place, I would have done it. Now they enjoyed it because for me, I'm doing the best service ever in the kingdom of God. Let's just look at a few scriptures that probably give us an understanding of this have been brought to God. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 to 24 says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. So the, 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 the Ephesians 2 18 says, We are brought near to God. By the blood of the Lamb. Is that okay? Alright. And then and Hebrews 10, 19 tells us that we can now enter boldly into the holiest, the holiest, the presence of God. We can have interaction with God face to face. Alright? With God. 
And, and that's why whenever a man, of, a man comes to you and says, you need to have a one-on-one -on -one with me, run away. <laughs> God has not called us to face-to-face -face with men. He's called us to face-to-face -face with himself. Amen. And we can get face-to-face -face with God by the blood of Jesus. When the blood has cleansed me, I have access to the presence of God. I can actually call him into my bedroom and say, Lord, today we need to meet here. And we need to fix some things in this family. We need to fix some things in this life. Amen. And God will honor that because we have the boldness that comes by the blood of Jesus. Is that okay? Amen. So, and then verse 20 says, By a new and living way, which he has consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh. Amen. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Oh, wow. Is that okay? When we come to God, we come with full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. Hallelujah. And our bodies washed with pure water. The Bible also tells us that the water is the word. Hallelujah. It's pure water. And verse 23 says, let us hold fast. Oh, wow. The profession of our faith without wavering. Why? For he is faithful. He, who promised, that promised. And then verse 24, I love, says, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. So when we are brought to God, we are brought into this new and living way. Amazing. We are no longer doing things our way. We die to our ways. We do things His way. And His way for you may be unique, is, 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 is seen in the world. And the things that need to change in each of our lives is unique to the individual. Because our nature and our character, prior salvation, is totally different. And there are things that God would fix by himself. And thank God for his blood. Hallelujah. The other thought around having been brought to God is that God, Jesus, when he brings us to God, is he brings us as malleable so that God can remold us to his likeness. Amen. 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 And somewhere along the way, it's not an overnight, uh, uh, it's not an express thing. This thing is, is, is a process. So God would deal with some things. And sometimes, because he also works with our willingness, there are things that sometimes you don't want to let go too quickly. I could tell you the number of things I didn't want to let go of when I got born again. And some of them included friends. But thank God, when I let go of those friends, Today, the same friends that I let go back then, God has allowed back into my life. Amen. And it's amazing when we can meet. And you know what? Back then, they used to laugh at me for being a Christian. Today, they honor me. Say, so, you know what? You took the right turn. Amen. Okay. Um, so Romans 8, verse 11, also says this. says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit. I'm just trying to bring the thought around 
being made alive by the Spirit. So when, when, when the Holy Spirit, whom has been given to the church, so when Jesus dies on the cross, it's, it's like he is making way for the Holy Spirit to come. Because he was limited because he came in fleshly form. Is that okay? And all he needed to do was to do a three-year example of a life that can be lived for Christ or for, to the glory of God. And he makes way for the Holy Spirit who can be everywhere, omnipresent, anytime, every time. Is that okay? Hallelujah. So the Bible then says, if the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. And this, listen to this word. It says dwells in you. He doesn't visit. Amen. Doesn't visit. He dwells in you. And so when you have been brought to God, listen, my brother, listen, my sister, you need to allow the Holy Spirit to dwell inside of you. Yeah. Do you know that sometimes when we have allowed our own flesh to prevail, we have failed to minister and bring a change in somebody's life and because we are busy saying, no, 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 I can't give that man a dollar. He must go and work for himself. No, no, and God is simply saying that dollar means the wealth to this man. For you, it's everything. It's, it's, it's nothing. It's like a drop in the ocean. And you just don't want, just a, a bowl of millimil makes a difference to somebody else. But you say, no, 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 if I give the millimil, they'll keep coming to my doorstep. So if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, amen. So I've asked my wife to be my timekeeper because I've got about five minutes that time. How many minutes do I have? How many minutes? You don't know. No, no, no I'm just verifying. I'm, I'm, I'm verifying because he, 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 he my wife. Amen. Huh? Ten. I got ten minutes. Okay. No, Clive is not my wife. <laughs> Clive's wife could have been my second wife, but I, I allowed him to marry her. No, because I was a Christian now, I couldn't take two women. But I, I'll be honest, my in-laws actually would bring Buse to our home every holiday, and I'm thinking, are they sure? <laughs> but anyway, Clive came along, and he was a good man. And he has a second name like mine, so I thought... She'll be in good hands, and she is. Amen. <laughs> so, verse 12 then says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors. Amen. We are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. No. No, no, no. And the flesh has demands. But we don't owe the flesh anything. Hallelujah. That's why once in a while you need to say no to certain things. That's why in the church uh, Christians are called to fast once in a while. Just to help you deny yourself something precious to you. Just to say no. The latest iPhone 15. And not be the first to have it. Where you can just say I don't need it. Amen. You know, because the flesh would say you always are a trendsetter. So listen, they will laugh at you. The latest, uh, well, there's a GT6 now. The latest Fortuna, maybe GT8, whatever they come up with. You know, these guys keep changing cars. 
you know, and your flesh says, you, you got, you got it. I mean, look, you, 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 you deserve it. You, you, you are the man. And you, you say, no, I can do without it. And that's what the Romans 8 is saying. When the spirit man is, we can be, are no longer subject to fleshly demands as it were. Amen. Amen. But we can, it says, in verse 18 it says, For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. And this dying is not necessarily physical death to be buried, but it's spiritual death that means that somewhere along the way your, your ability to appreciate the things of God more becomes limited. Because you are dead spiritually. Amen. But if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Amen. And I like verse 14. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 says, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sits on the right hand of the Father. And I believe you've been talking about seated. Amen. Seek the things above where Christ sits at the right hand of, the, of God. Set your affection on things above, not things on the earth. Listen to what it says. It says, for you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Oh! I like the hidden aspect. The, 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 the fact that he talks about our lives being hidden. Uh, 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 the testimony here was how come when I now visit I can't penetrate because we are hidden hallelujah amen Amen. Amen. we are hidden I I don't know about the white community that much but in the black community they all send things to your home (laughs) fire fire You think Putin and his uh, nuclear war weapons is anything to a black person when they want to deal with you. They will destroy you. They will smoke you out like Bin Laden in the mountains of Afghanistan. <laughs> but when we are hidden in Christ, are, are, are we together? When we are hidden in Christ, they cannot penetrate. The Bible says you shall leave. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, uh, where was I? So, uh, yeah, in verse 4, it says, When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Amen. Mortify, kill, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. And it speaks about a few of them. It says, fornication, uncleanness. Kill it. Inordinate affections. Evil concupiscence. I was trying, I've been working on this word the whole week. Concupiscence. I said, listen, I'm, 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 I'm going to be speaking with a few white folk around. If I was in my church, I'd have gotten away with any pronunciation of this word. And I'd have, been, I'd have sounded powerful all the same. But please, listen, there's a few, there's a few of you here, and so I need to be on, on, on point, eh? Concupiscence. Can you hear that? Sorry, I'm doing myself again. Okay. All right. And covetousness, 
which is idolatry. Key things in growing in this relationship. First Peter 2 2 says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. A daily intercourse with the word will make you a better Christian, a better person. Some Christians, when they've been going for the first three years of their Christian life, reading the Bible every day, get to a point where they say, ah, can I know a few scriptures now. Let me just, I'll just yank one when I need it. Hallelujah. But, but it, doesn't, it doesn't end there. We still need to grow. We, we can never grow enough. Hallelujah. So desire the sincere milk of the word. And I like the word desire right there because it talks about the craving. Hallelujah. And whatever you crave for. Um, I, 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 I'm much better now and my wife can testify. I, I, I could do eight cokes in one day. Yeah, I could and easy. And because I just love coke. Now I can do one a day. I can actually go without. I'm happy. Amen. I actually have put on a bit more weight, uh, a bit of a punch. And in, our, and in our culture, this is a sign of wellness. So please, don't, don't tell me about a flat tummy. I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So some believers neglect the word at one stage of their lives because they think they don't need milk anymore. A daily interaction with God's word is essential for victorious Christian living. Listen, we are Christians. And we must show that we are Christians. Amen. Doesn't matter where you are. You may be the CEO, you may be the, floor, uh, the, the shop floor person. But while you are sweeping that floor, make sure that they know a Christian swept this floor. Amen. That the Spirit of God is alive in you and you did your things well. We must never leave things hanging and say, well, Christ will take care of the rest. No, no, no. When we have been given something to do, it must bear our testimony. Number two, Galatians 5.16 says, This I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We are spirit beings. Amen. First Corinthians, 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, I pray that God would preserve your whole spirit, soul, and body. Hallelujah. Until Christ Jesus. So we are, we are spirit beings. And so we must walk in the Spirit, meaning that somewhere along the way, during my time of prayer and reading the Word of God, I need to say, Holy Spirit, what one thing would you have me to do today that makes a difference in somebody else's life? Amen. Amen. Number three, 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray without ceasing. A Christian life without prayer is a Christian life without power. Christian life without prayer is a Christian life without power. I don't care who you are. If you don't pray, and we are currently speaking about prayer in our church. And so we've been enjoying that. Lastly, it is important that since we have been brought to Christ, to God, through Christ, that we seek always to walk and live in his presence daily. Hallelujah. Psalm 16 verse 11 says, That you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. <coughs> Without the presence of God, my brother, my sister, in your life day, you will go thin, worrying about everything that you can't change. You will die. 
busy fighting everything that you can't change. Even if you wished to change some things, you can't. You have no power. But if we gave our lives to Jesus, if we allowed his presence to, to be around us and to be with us, guess what? Some things around us will line up with the will of God. And God's provision and grace will abound in our lives. We believe, Lord, we have shared your word. We believe that you have spoken to your people. We are only but vessels in this life. And there is very little that the words of my mouth can do to transform a life. But when your grace and your anointing is upon the words that I speak, it makes a difference that matters in somebody else's life. Father, I believe and I thank you that uh, right here, the seed of the word of God has been planted in the hearts of men. And that somewhere along the way, Father, as they come to a place of discovering you afresh in their walk, in their personal walk, Lord, some things may never be the same. We need you daily. We need you every day. We need you every hour. Because we live in an evil world. Death is all around us. <coughs> Failure is all around us. Challenges are all around us. But Heavenly Father, when we can walk with you, we know we are world overcomers. <coughs> Thank you that we are no longer alone. You are our God. And when we have been brought to you, we are in the palm of your hand. So my prayer today is that you touch every man, every woman, under the hearing of my voice. Father, you would uh, do something new and spectacular in their lives, in their homes. And that, Lord, you would bring into their spaces the newness of knowing and walking with you. In Jesus' mighty name.